Welcome back to Miyazaki and Me. I'm Kyle. And I am Shane. Uh, in this episode, we are going over the July 2011 release of From Up on Poppy Hill. And uh, I, I, I'm i not going to get into it yet, but this movie, to me, was bonkers. But I will I will get into that here once we get into the, the actual film stuff itself. Okay, I feel like I feel like I know why you think that. And there is a rational explanation for the irrationality of it. Um so uh yeah. I love uh, this movie by the way. I enjoyed every moment watching this movie. But uh, I, let's continue. I did too. I really I really enjoyed this. Um are we going to stop making fun of Goro? No. No, we're no. not. No, 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 um, no, no, no. Because that's too much fun. But that being said, he did a really good job um, as the director, keeping everything kind of flowing well. Like, everything was executed really pretty well. And we'll get into it when we go into more specifics after the timeline, but, um, you know, there, there was also some room to improvise in this movie for sure. Uh, so like I said, this came out in 2011, uh, not a ton of other stuff in 2011, uh, feature film wise. And so we'll, we'll just go over that quick, uh, the Adventures of Tintin, uh, the Peter Jackson version, uh, came out. Cars 2. Uh, you'll have to tell me which one this is. Because uh, it was Full Metal Alchemist, the scarred star of Milos. Uh, the star of Milos. Yeah, that's, that is actually the sequel to the original Full Metal Alchemist series. So it is... It is uh... Oh boy, is it the one that's supposed to tie up the original one, or is it the one that they? I don't know what you. One, no, I'm I'm, I'm one... saying things yeah. out loud as I'm trying to remember it. Um, I believe this is the one that is tying things up. Um, after the series is over. Um, but it. Ah, oh boy, I didn't. I don't remember. I don't remember watching this one. It could have also been. Uh, like an OVA one-off movie though where it's essentially just like a side story that happens in the middle of the adventure that they that doesn't affect obviously doesn't affect the story at all because it came out five years after that that series was over because um, I believe it came I believe 2011 is the same year that Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood actually started so it was kind of they kind of coincided with each other uh yeah let me look if i've got series wise up do, do, do. oh i was wrong 2009 okay. never mind but i mean that's still a little little ways in so like that's not terrible like clearly but, there there'd be influence and and was it kind of bridging the gap between the two no no because so i guess it's, it's the had same. nothing yeah. to do with full metal alchemist brotherhood okay. this was not connected to that series at all it was only connected to the original full Al metal alchemist series okay interesting all right yeah 
<laughs> I thought that's kind of how I thought you'd react to that. <laughs> yeah, but so, again, again yeah, I was like, series. yeah, there, there are, yeah, there are two different things. Um, so the the other feature films, uh, Puss in Boots, uh, Rango, and Rio. Uh, and really the most notable thing television-wise, uh, animation, f- by far the most successful for sure, uh, 2011 was the start of Bob's Burgers. Oh, I love Bob's Burgers. Such a good show. Just just funny. Um, like, it, it's got that... It's not dumbed down animated comedy either. It's 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 just it is straightforward. Just at times wholesome, even funny, funny family comedy. It's 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 uh, and adult comedy, but still, yeah. it's really really good. Yep. The, 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 welcome to my Bob's Burgers podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, we we clearly are fans of pretty much anything that. H. John Benjamin voices, uh, we will we will end up watching it. So, uh, but yeah, so let's get into uh, the movie itself. Uh, so, kind of yeah, what? So, what? Are just you... real quick because I missed it. Uh, we watched from up on Poppy Hill, or uh, how I learned to, how I stopped worrying and learned to love. Hopefully, not my sister. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a, there's a really interesting uh, subplot there. Oh boy. I mean, it's like, oh, cool. Uh, yes, in my notes, I made uh, a few definite Targaryen jokes. Um, I out loud, I went, "What is happening right now?" When, when they brought that up, and then like, oh boy, this movie is bonkers this movie is amazing like yeah. i'm just like oh man and then they're like then at one point they're pretty much like uh, maybe you know we, we might be siblings but i don't care and then i'm like what is what is going on no what yeah oh boy okay let's get into it <laughs> uh so yeah so this was based on a uh a manga i believe yes a manga um uh, which i'm sure has all of the same tropes in it because that that would be the the weird difference um going to my manga app (laughs) see if i can read this no i cannot um so so it's about a uh a girl uh, named yumi and it, it it starts out really slice of life which i i enjoyed um like that it that clearly we either need to go high fantasy or just slice of life is is where I think I enjoy these films the most. Yes. I enjoy I think I I enjoy slice of life the the most. Like I I'm a really big fan of slice of my I mean I say that but with Hell's Moving Castle be my favorite but slice slice of life uh, movies are kind of my bread and butter. Like I I they're the ones that I will go to to sit down and just enjoy. Um uh, yeah, this one, uh, they start off by introducing her, and she mentions that she has two younger siblings she helps take care of. And fun fact about that, uh, their names, Riku, Umi, and Sora, mean land, sea, and sky in Japanese. Oh, interesting. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, 
I I I like the fact that it said. Uh, so yeah, my my notes are all over the place, and I I love it. Uh, it's like it's a fun little jazz romp, and then they, then the next one is they said the title right away. Because yep. in her yes. op in her opening narration, she literally says, "And then we have the house from up on Poppy Hill." It was like, really. <laughs> Uh, that is that is added to the English version. That is not in the Japanese version. Okay. Uh, uh, so... The Japanese version uh, does not have an opening monologue. They just they skip that monologue thing and go right to and yeah, like the first thing that you hear them actually speaking to each other and not not like her talking in her head. Okay. So that was one of the differences. And here, so so we should point this out. So it, this film is directed by Goro Miyazaki. Uh, but planning yes, that's right his son with four arms yes uh but planning and the screenplay uh so the screenplay is by Hayao Miyazaki and Kiko Niwa uh who's who ends up basically being one of the main writers or is from this point forward for Studio Ghibli um but, and planning was done by Hayao Miyazaki and I, I think that actually is really telling in in this film because uh, as as we've discussed for so long, Hayo's a very like a master storyteller. And I think it it helped Goro a lot in this film having his father do the structuring, having his father there to to help with the structure because it let him play around with some of the fun little animation things that he does himself that's a little more caricature um, that Goro can do himself and is and is good at but because he had that framework I think it works better than in the times that he's just been completely left to his own devices yeah the story feels more smooth uh it goes from point to point to point uh, seamlessly, rather than in some of their other, um, in some of Goro's other other films, where it feels a little more disjointed. Like, like it almost felt in uh, uh, Earthsea. Uh, I mean, and also that was a really big undertaking that he kind of had to do it this yeah. way. But it almost felt in Earthsea at times where he's like, "Oh, also, I have to get this point out. Oh, also, I've I've got to I've got to get this in too." And so they don't really like move to those points in a seamless fashion like they do in in well, in, in this movie and in, in other uh, Hayao movies. Yep. Um and so in the differences between the Japanese and the and the English, uh something to point out the the English language voice director uh was uh Gary Reinstrom who has had a very long career in Hollywood. And was actually the the English language director for uh, Tales from Earthsea, Arietti, from Up on Poppy Hill, and will also do The Wind Rises. Mm -hmm. uh, but most importantly, I think for how at least I enjoyed this, the English dub was written by uh, Carrie Kirkpatrick. Who, if you have not heard that name before, um, they did do the the dub for uh, Secret World of Arietti, 
Uh, but one of the things they're most famous for, they are the other co-writer for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. Oh, okay. And Neat. so I think that's where some of the senses of humor and the throwaway lines that add a lot of character that get added were added by Carrie Kirkpatrick. And I mean the, the the English voice cast had a lot of a uh, lot of talent in there as well. Like even even the lesser roles, like the the art student that was staying there was Aubrey Plaza, yep. um, and the uh, the there was another woman that was staying there that never we never really knew what she, how what she did or anything like that. So I just called her kind of the motherly kind of woman. Yeah. Uh, that was Christina Hendricks. Yep, that was Christina Hendricks. Yeah, it, it, it's. It's really yeah, Bruce Dern's in this. Bruce Dern, Bill Bridges, Chris Noth, um, um, Jamie Lee I mean, Curtis. Uh, Shun is Anton Yelkin. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, like any time I heard him talking, it just made me sad. Um, which worked really well for uh, the uh, that character. Yes. But uh, no, no, like the the uh, the voice acting in this and the on the English sub at least was was very well, uh, very well done, and yeah, it it didn't. Um, I mean, I didn't watch the the Japanese version, so I don't know if anything was lost in translation. But it didn't feel like anything got lost in translation. Like I, I didn't feel like I missed anything from the from the the voice direction uh, and and what they were saying the yeah, translation no, no i watched which is different than some of the other movies like yeah, there are other watched, movies you do feel like you lose yeah i watched a, a bit of the japanese dub just because i saw and felt like okay there's definitely some stuff added you know like we talked about um even going back to you know castle in the sky with you know the the additional dialogue added of like you know make your shirt rip you know that kind of stuff from way back in castle in the sky it felt like there was additional stuff like that and there was um most notably there some good ones. <laughs> there's some good ones like so so literally the one that i put on my notes and actually it's the reason that i went back and it's about like 45 minutes in and it's as they're cleaning up the Latin quarter. Uh, they two characters, they're like burning all the like older furniture and, and, and the trashing everything. And it's like, Oh wow, that's really hot. And the character oh. just replies like fire often is. Yep, that that was uh, that was the younger sister, and then the uh, the the quarters. I, I was he the the the, the student council president. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. But it was like little lines like that. It's like this works very well in the world that you've set up, which is why I said it. It feels like the structure or ended up being so good because it was a collaboration between Hayo and Goro that that the structure was so good that you had the ability to play around with little moments like that and they'd make sense because you know that that 
that was a, a line of dialogue that 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 both of those characters would say like there, she, there was... yeah like she would say something clearly kind of a little little fun almost just to keep the conversation with this with this cute boy who she's clearly crushing on and then he's kind of just oblivious but a little smart alecky and being like oh yeah fire's hot yeah and there was there was one earlier too that was uh that that made me just chuckle uh and it was when she first went into the quarter uh and was like talking to him up up in the uh the office that they share with the archaeology department yep. or club and the archaeology students are foreground like what can we do to make our archaeology interesting and they go nothing <laughs> there's some it was something yeah. dumb like that where it was just like like he's like nothing it's stupid or, or like they were they were just being so negative and it was making me laugh because they yeah. did it like they flashed to him like three times saying stuff like that and i was enjoying it immensely yeah it was it was a lot of fun um uh, yeah just just little and like i said like as as soon as i looked that up and i always forget who actually does the 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 different uh translations for studio ghibli because for the most part it has been like two people doing the majority of the, the adaptations but it's been it's kind of nice in occasions like this and princess mononoke getting in a different voice to kind of go over and you know the the whole phrase of like you know painting between the raindrops you know or dancing between the raindrops it's like hey we can fit these little things in and it doesn't affect the story as a whole but it it you know shows you more character um and that's what you know neil gaiman was brilliantly able to do with the adaptation for princess mononoke and i i think uh uh cory kirkpatrick did a or carrie kirkpatrick did a really fun job adding that little kind of stuff in here and and it makes sense because it's it's these high schoolers who would be a little more run off at the mouth and, you know, say something without fully knowing what it meant, you know, kind of stuff. Yes, for sure. Um, while we're talking about the voice actors, I think it's uh, uh, another fun thing to, to add that in the Japanese version, uh, the person that voices uh, Shun is the same person that vo voices Prince Aaron in Earthsea. Which means that he was the lead in both of he was the lead uh, male role in both of Goro's movies. Oh, interesting. Uh, so he cast okay. the same same voice actor in both of them. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um... So just an interesting little tidbit there that obviously there's either some kind of friendship or or a um, or Goro really likes this this actor this and, and yeah, this wanted particular to bring him back actor. In. Yeah, that that makes sense. And like, I mean, a lot of of stuff, you know for the casting and a lot of times is you know people you are more familiar with and um we'll we'll get into it obviously later on with with Earthsea of you know uh Hayo pulling a person from his past to be his main voice actor because he's like no this person would do like I know this person and I know 
they would do an incredible job. Um, and I mean, we, we, we can't criticize Goro for casting someone twice when, you know, Martin Scorsese exists and has cast Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio in like eight different movies. Yeah. <laughs> Act, uh, directors like who they like. Yep. Uh, so should we get into the the meat and potatoes of the film then? Yeah, let's get into the meat of the potatoes of the of the film. Uh, so so we mentioned it a little bit. There the the main crux I think would be the the relationship between Umi and Shun, um, and that kind of all starts because of uh, Shun is one of the people in charge of. Uh, it's a, like a pamphlet or magazine, like a newspaper, correct? Kind of like a school paper. Yeah. Oh yeah, it it is a school paper. Um, in the uh, that is the the offices are at this building called the Latin Quarter, and it is a very dilapidated, rundown building that is potentially going to get demolished. We find out. Uh, because of the upcoming nineteen sixty four Tokyo Olympics. Yep. Uh, uh, and when they uh, when they first walk into the uh, uh, the Latin Quarter, uh, I was like, "This place is great! Like, this is wonderful! It's like a it's like a treehouse uh, at the school for these for these kids." Yep. Um, and. Uh, and it was really it was a really fun aesthetic because a lot of it was a lot of it was realistic architecture but then there was a bit that it was just like oh that would that nope no way yeah, yeah. like like it, it uh, <laughs> but it gave but it was me... it was it's it's a it's an interesting put together uh, uh building yeah yeah it, g- it gave me a lot of uh similar feels to uh the 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 hostel in uh spirited away Yes, you know, and yep. and but not not quite as fantastical, but like uh, being able to see that um, all these different crazy levels and and seeing how how everything went back together. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the the design of of the Latin Quarter. Like it was it was really cool. Even you had the. <laughs> the little nook of like that we never go into and I'm glad we never go into it because it's one of those throwaway additional dialogue lines of like the philosophers like quarter. Yep. Yep. But it's like, don't you want more room? I'm going to go in there. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I don't want to go in there. And it's like, Oh, then you hear later there's a dog in there and it's like, wait, wait, (laughs) there's a puppy. Uh, uh, the, yeah, the 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 building itself is just is just wild, and and the number of students that are crammed in there is great. Um, and I mean they they use the space really well too. Like later on when they're cleaning it up to to try to fix it up to stop it from being demolished. Yep. Um, and being able to see a little bit more of the building, and then uh, and them doing the 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 ladder tricks of like having people hold the bottom of the ladders to clean the chandelier, like just really cool aesthetics. Yep. 
Um, and, and this whole thing starts out, and this is directly from my notes, um, because this is exactly what I thought was happening. So this whole thing starts out kind of as a publicity stunt happens for the Latin Quarter itself. Uh, and I wrote, it's like, yep, definitely thought this was going to be a Janie's, Janie get your gun slash you're just too good to be true moment. And it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Because Shun is just on this roof. And I'm thinking, is he going to try and serenade somebody? And this is the first time we see him. So it's like, okay, what what's going on? And then he just jumps off the roof. Yep. Uh, he's aiming for a, uh, a water... Reserve uh, reservoir or something of the sort that's in the school, and he doesn't quite get there. He actually hits a couple trees on the way down. Yep, yeah, yeah. Instead, he pulls in other guys and aims for the bushes. Yeah, <laughs> you think what I'm thinking? That Aim that scene in that movie is so good. <laughs> um, but uh, but you get this nice little moment uh, because Umi gets up uh, and goes rushing towards him to see if he's okay and she's the only one she 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 jumps up and like tries to help him out and then once she realizes what what she had what she was doing and that they he was cheesing it up and they were like they're like ooh the couple uh she lets go of him lets him fall back in the water and goes back to her seat but it's it's a cute it's a it's, it's a meat cute and it's a good one yeah yeah it's a good one that they then <laughs> ruin <laughs> shortly after um not the first scene like we get a, a couple nice scenes with them um because i actually enjoyed the scene where she has to run to get the groceries and he is for some reason uh narrative economy mostly um he is driving or riding by on his bicycle and you know has to uh gives her a ride yep uh yeah, you get the the first forty five to fifty minutes of this movie is a very different movie than the last forty five yes. minutes. <laughs> yeah, the last forty five rush like kind of rushes. It feels like, which I mean, honestly, like that's kind I, I of wouldn't... that's kind of how Hayo structures all of his movies. But I wouldn't say that the last forty five rushes. Um, I would say that it it the the stakes are changed um, yes. right almost exactly in the middle of the movie. Cause I think it is about the 45 minute point where, where the, where you find out what's going on. Um, but it was, it, it, the stakes change and that really changes the dynamics between the characters and uh, the really the, how you're, how you're watching the movie. Like I completely changed how I was watching the movie in the, uh, the last 45, like first 45, it was fun. It was just lighthearted. And the last 45, you're, you're just in there like, please don't, please don't have this be an incest thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's God, this movie's wild. Um, so, so to, to kind of beat on the head here, uh, so you get that meet cute moment. Uh, she goes and and her sister essentially do, does a like, you she the sister kind of plays like she's uh, into the boy, but it it seems more like she's just trying to get her sister up to talk to him. Yep. Um. In the end, and uh, you know, you get some relationship moments between uh, Shun and Umi, which is 
which are nice and fun. And this all leads up to a uh, a going away party, I believe it is, for somebody at the boarding house that she that she uh, she cooks for. She does like the cooking and cleaning at her grandmother's boarding house um, for yep. people. Uh, and uh, one of the one of the people that they're boarding is is leaving. And uh, she invites the boys to the party, and then and then she's obviously excited to uh, to show them around the house, and uh, she starts talking about her dad who who died in in the Korean War, um, and uh, she shows him a photo, and then like you can see Shun like to me I, I thought it was something I I thought that I was misreading the animation uh, at the time uh, because like he he visibly changes in this scene. Yep. Uh, as you're watching it, and I and it was, it was so odd to me that I noticed this change so easily, um, because like I did not think there was going to be something like this coming up, so I did not know uh, that he would be changing. But what this what this leads to is him going back and talking to his dad and saying, "Hey, the man in this photo is my real dad, right?" And then you're like just head explode <laughs> yeah yeah it's like, like oh my god wasn't, wasn't expecting this because this is also like shortly before that is when we hear the the story about like why why they're trying to clean up the latin quarter is you know because it's gonna get demolished and everything like that so it's like and we're more invested in that so we're thinking like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it makes sense. Like, all right, so this is where the plot's gonna go, and then you just get this curveball thrown of like, hey, here's what the movie's actually about, and it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, really? Unexpected curveball. Yeah, yeah, it it's a uh, boy, oh boy. Um, I I just it, it it's not something that you expect in a kids movie of like no. to two uh teenagers having to deal with the f- the fact that they realize that they're siblings when they fell fallen in love with each other. Yeah. Oh boy. Um so the last 45 minutes that is just weighing over everything else that's happening cuz they're still trying to save uh they're still trying to save the uh the Latin Quarter. Um you're getting dynamics between uh them and and like their parents as well but like it's just this weight that is just pushing the story along of being like oh man like they they, they're into each other but they just found out they're siblings and what is gonna happen yeah oh so um so he tells her because because he starts ignoring her because he's a teenage boy so his thought on like i can i can totally get over this woman uh you know how i can do that i can just ignore her that always works right that she won't realize there's something up yeah um and uh because teenage boys are stupid yep but uh but his best friend the student council president boy um uh well first before i get to that let's let's go over how they're siblings and how they don't know um at least at this point in the movie of what they think oh oh i have thoughts even after later reveals of you know um but yeah so so basically they imply that yumi's father had an affair and this other woman got pregnant at nearly the same time that his wife was pregnant um with yumi 
uh, and which is why they're so close in age. Uh, so they're they're half siblings at best. But yeah, it's uh yeah, that makes that kind of thing better. Um, no, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but um, like they're half siblings, and he then basically pawned off the kid on this couple that are Shun's, you know, parents that adopted him because they had they- just. They had just lost a child in like ch- they just lost a kid in childbirth. Yes. Yep. And they and they immediately bonded to Shun. Uh, and I mean, props on them as parents for telling Shun about it, like not lying to a kid that he is adopted. Um, I just want to put that out there because that's a that's a trope you see in like movies and television of like people not yes. knowing when really the best way to thing to do is to be honest with your kids. Yeah. Um, which, anyway. Yeah. Which 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 honestly like. And it's like sixteen's about like like some people tell their kids a little earlier, or you know, in their ten, eleven, early teens. But like sixteen's not out of the realm of possibility to, you know, tell your kid that they're adopted because that's when they're starting to kind of think for themselves a little bit more and and might realize like, hey, there's a lot of differences here. Like, what's up? Yeah. Um. But uh, Shun then goes to after after talking to his dad, uh, and I mean Shun knew because he he essentially went to his dad and went, "Hey, this is the guy that you said was my father." Like, yeah. so this isn't something that he was learning. He just learned that that was also uh, Yumi's father, which is uh, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> so he he then uh, and off screen because he, he comments on it later, but. He goes and like checks at City Hall even, and it at City Hall it shows that his father was the same, the, the Yumi's father, because um, uh, that's how he he tells her later on that's that he confirmed it before acting weird. Um, but when he starts acting weird like this, uh, his friends notice, his his student council uh, president friend notices, and they. The uh the Latin Quarter is then voted on to be demolished without the students having any say. So, oh they they get mad and they decide to go to Tokyo to talk to the chairman of the committee of the school because that's apparently a thing. I guess it's like the the school board president or this yeah had the school board essentially sort of, but it's a little different in Japanese culture. Um. Yeah, it's pro- it's probably for like the district, and yeah, Tokyo would have been, you know, the head of that district. So it, it makes sense because I th- I think it was also a combination of the school district and the Olympic committee. Yeah, so so I mean, it might be like a superintendent type person. Yeah. Um, but but the uh, student council president says like, well, we are only going to go if she comes with. She's our lucky charm. Um, she's Lady Luck, uh, because she she kind of like set a lot of the stuff in motion, but. You you find out when they get there after they talk to the guy that this is all a ploy by him to get give those two uh, give Yumi and and uh, and Shun alone time. Um, boy oh boy. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I just yeah. No, just, the uh, oh so insane. I this wrote insane. <laughs> I wrote in my notes because yeah, he's like, oh yep. Uh, I'm gonna. He basically does the. I'm gonna go visit my uncle. You two kids don't get up to any trouble. Um, yep. 
But uh, yeah, so so I my my note is like I promise I would visit my uncle. See you tomorrow. Don't commit incest. Yep. Well, I mean, he doesn't know, but yeah. both of them at this point know, because uh, right before this happened is when when Shun told her, uh, uh, and so they're they then like they they do a a little montage of them walking around and and heading back home, kind of mostly in silence it seems, and then she's like, well, uh. Because when he told her, he said, um, well, we just have to stop feeling the way we do. And I was like, oh, cringe, cringy, cringy boy, cringy boy, Shane, Shane is a cringy boy. Um, and then this time when they're, when they're like parting, uh, she like holds his hand for a second. And she goes, well, it's weird because I, I love you. And he goes, I love you too. And then they part ways and I'm just like, oh my God, you're siblings. You are siblings. What is happening right now? You are siblings. You two are related by blood. Oh my god, this yeah. movie this is just insane to me. Like it's a kids movie. It is yeah. this is not Game of Thrones. <laughs> yep. Uh yeah, the the other thing I no, that was that was earlier. Um but actually like on I I realize in the course of all of these movies, I love the style of Studio Ghibli dream sequences because I like the a little bit extra light around the characters very sparse backgrounds like I love that look for the dream sequences and like we've gotten it in in a number of films um obviously we we got it um it was different types of dream sequences in uh, the last Takahata film uh, that I'm blanking on the name for. Oh, my neighbor's the Yamadas. Oh, the Yamadas, yes. Um, but like we we get this style of dream sequence fairly often in in the Studio Ghibli movies, and I always like it because because one of the you know highlights of their animation style is actually the rich and colorful backgrounds so the fact that we get these very sparse very bright eight but almost a little muted um style in the dream sequences is kind of cool yeah and and they uh they did a nice a nice way of switching it up to of making it seem like she had waken up from the dream sequence but then very obviously it 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 wasn't a full full wake up like i mean i don't know if if everyone's had this but i mean i've had the the false starts the false wake ups in, in my dreams before yeah where like I, I felt like i'm i'm up and like about to do something in the day and then i actually wake up and i'm like oh that was just that was just me dreaming so apparently i haven't showered yet damn okay um uh, and, it, and it was a nice little false start after after the the watercolor like you know pastel dream, um, and uh, the when she woke up there it was it was kind of sweet because it was her seeing her mom and her mom was pretty much like I've always been here, and then the dad is there and hugging her and then and that leads to when she when she's talking to Shun saying that. She feels like her dad brought Shun to her uh, because he couldn't be there for her anymore. And I'm like, that's so sad. He's your brother. Don't bang him. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and also, so so we get the, the story um, 
a couple times in a couple different ways. But if this is the real story, Shun's family had just a run of terrible luck. Like, so he literally, like, why... And because you're thinking, it's like, well, why is he just adopted by this strange couple? And uh, so, so you basically, it's like, all right, dad was killed in an accident. Uh, mom dies during childbirth. The rest of the family died in Nagasaki. And it's like, wow, that's a lot. Yep. <laughs> that's a lot. And it's like, okay. And then they they also play it off because I think this is her mom. Yeah, no, this is when, when Yumi uh, talks to her mom. Um, and her mom plays it off like, you know, that just, that happened to a lot of folks back then. It's like, really? I mean, it's unfortunately, it, yeah. Unfortunately, it probably did, but it's like, wow. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, you kind of tiptoed around it there, but yeah, the 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 mom does come back right after this, and she's actually is there, yeah. and uh, Yumi confronts her about it to find out that he that that she's like, yes, your dad did bring home a child. She goes, I was sitting there, and he just walks in, and he's got this kid that he adopted without asking me, um because it was his be- one of his best friend's son after they had died uh the the the, the father but, died yeah, in, but in the, the mom, war the mo- yeah the mom doesn't tell her that yet no this was this is oh, I, yeah. i'm saying this is after the this is right after the meeting in uh in tokyo so i'm just moving on with the storyline this is this is not right after the dream yeah yeah it's yeah. right after the dream they go to tokyo yep um, so yeah, so so the mom does come back, and she sits down with her, and and, and they have that, uh, they have that discussion. The mom does tell her that, um, because then, then the mom calls and talks to the dad of like Shun's adopted Shun's dad, adopted, yeah, his adopted father, yeah, yep, and and then uh, and then Shun has a. Uh, Adopted father has a has a talk with and finds the third man in the photo that like stemmed all, all this. Uh, there's a picture of of Yumi's dad sitting in a chair and two other men sit, standing around him. One of the other men ends up being uh oh uh one of the other men is um wow I've been like saying a captain their name on the sh- on a ship. Um, yeah, actually, the other it, one it's, is, the it's other one Shun- is Shun's father. Uh, it's Shun's dad that is sitting. Oh, Shun's dad is yeah. the one sitting down, and then, uh, so, uh, the, and then, and then it became this whole thing where I was just like, "Is that true?" Because, because she, because uh, even when the mom's telling her this, she's like, uh, uh, "Does Yubi he goes, look like your dad?" Uh, well, well, the mom goes, "Oh, does he look like that much like your father?" Uh, uh but. Yumi go because Yumi says, "Are you sure it's not Dad's kid at all?" And and the mom is like, "Literally, that never even crossed my mind. Your dad was a faithful person." Is essentially the, the the yeah the response to that. So they they pretty much were like trying to squash that right away and be like, "No, it is not." Uh, um, but oh boy, uh, I was I was just like, 
I I figured this plot twist was going to come come in that it wasn't that they did not have the same father because if the movie ended with them being siblings, like I could not have lived. Like I would yeah. have been like, I am done. I I have I have to go back to my plant my own planet. My people need me. Like I could yeah. not. I could, just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot uh, for <laughs> sure. Um, and. So so as so and of course this this ends up paralleling uh, because uh, they they need to meet this captain before he sets sail and this is when the inspector comes in to look at the Latin Quarter and so so their friend has to apologize. And is like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Shun and Yumi uh, had to had to leave for for urgent matters. <laughs> and he's like, I remember being young. Yep, he's just like, uh, but but uh, no, those two are hopefully not siblings, and they're banging. Um, yeah, and <laughs> so yeah, my notes literally just said urgent matters. Nice euphemism. Uh-huh. It was just. Uh... So so yeah so the movie ends uh, and that and that's the end of the movie they 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 talk to the they talk to the other captain the captain's just like you you two are so happy that you two found each other because you both your parents were my best friends and and both your dads and it it's it's this whole thing but like then then they're like riding away on the boat from the boat that they were talking to the captain on and Shun's dad is like winking at him being like go go kiss cause she's not your sister now so yeah. go kiss her <laughs> like, this just... is all totally okay now so go oh. for it um which i mean we we also didn't we kind of glossed over uh so they live on this house from up on poppy hill um and it has a uh signal flags uh, which she uh, has always kept putting the flags up with messages um, and and doesn't really ever get like a response because the garden is set up some uh, in a way that she can't actually see down to the bay uh, which they clearly corrected like in the in the post credits um, so she could actually see the ships passing um and Shun's father was actually the only one who would ever respond and put flags up in return but his boats was so small that she couldn't see it yeah and the flags and she says later that the flag she's putting up is essentially saying uh, I uh, wish for you a safe return uh, because she's putting him up for her father who will obviously never return because his he died in the Korean War. His ship yep. was his ship hit a, a mine in the water in the Korean War and and, and blew up because he was just a uh, he was a uh, merging ship like uh, so he wasn't it wasn't yeah, actually yeah, it was a warship he ship, was yeah it was a supply ship that he was on yeah. and it was after the war and she also mentioned it was after the war it ended but there were still uh, live mines in the water yep um but as insane as this movie tended to be at points i actually really enjoyed it like i love it i, I love this I, movie. yeah I like I, I, yeah like i i don't think it's like top tier or of the movies we've watched but it's like obviously like that that top tier is so hard to crack like it's you know some of the best films of all time 
are our top tier Studio Ghibli movies. So it's like, yeah, it's not Princess Mononoke and Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away. But what movie is, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it, I think this is, this is, you know, just right there, like just over like ocean waves kind of, kind of area. Yeah. I mean, that being said, I, I put this in my notes, like, okay, I know it was during the war and everything, but I'm still slightly suspicious of this whole, oh no, it was my best friend's kid. It's like what you, your best friend, you guys are best friends like during the war and your wives never met each other. I, I mean, I wasn't, I, I wasn't so suspicious of that one. Uh, just because, I mean, at the end there, they just met the other guy. Like That's they just true. met the other guy in the photo at the, at the very end. Like, obviously like they're, that it was a kind of a separate thing and, and, and being in yeah. the, and being in the army, like, you know, maybe didn't have the opportunity. Yeah. Um, especially since, uh, they really dig in there that she was studying really hard at the time for graduate school. Um, the, That's true. um, Yumi's mom so she was she was like I was home all the time studying so I don't know I I could see I could see them possibly not not meeting but I also get get your criticism there like I don't think I don't think they wanted I think they did everything they could to not leave it open-ended at the end there so that you knew that like no they are for sure not siblings yeah (laughs) but I see where you're you're coming from there it, it was just one of those, like, oh, really? Like, this, this is convenient, really? You two never met? Um, didn't even talk about her? Like, kind of thing? But that's just me always being pessimistic, so. Um, but, yeah, any any final thoughts on the, on the film in total? Oh boy, I had a I like I said this was a this was a roller coaster to watch. Like yeah. this was I I very much enjoyed watching this movie. Um uh fun little uh fun little almost incest uh boy, bonkers, bonkers. Just yeah. head exploding. Uh loved it. I I just I I'm just saying like watch it. It's it's great. Like if you if you listen to this podcast and didn't watch it that first off huh uh and second off what go go and watch it yeah yeah just go and watch it um and obviously we made we made light of some obviously very serious topics and like incest and and everything but like you know it 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 ends up not actually being as as crazy like in the in the film itself so that's why i think we felt comfortable like making Making a little jokes and just more the awkwardness of it. Um, but yeah, like it was just like, why? It's like, why is this extra thing added into this movie? It just, it felt out of nowhere. Like it felt left field, nowhere in my mind would I ever have thought this would be the next thing that pops up in this film. Yeah. Um, but damn it kept, it it kept the movie interesting like, it did it did you can say that for sure yeah uh, and uh yeah so so Wild. next uh next we've got uh our our final Hayao Miyazaki film that we are covering Hayao Miyazaki directed film that we are covering 
Uh, wind rises. The wind rises. That's uh, we've uh, for those keeping track at home. Uh, the next we've got three movies left. So next will be Wind Rises. Then I believe it's when Marnie was there, followed by the uh, followed by uh, flip. Am flip I wrong? Those. Yep. Because uh, uh, Princess Kaguya and Wind Rises were uh, a dual production at the same time. Oh, got it. Yep. Um, and Princess Kaguya is, uh, for those who don't know, is uh, Takahata's final film that he made. Yep. Final uh, film. Before Pathway. Uh, and also, so so I will uh, actually do be doing a lot of notes um, for the for the next two episodes because uh, the this actually ends up uh, having. Uh, basically a documentary to follow it um, in uh, Kingdom of Dreams and Madness uh, actually follows the production of uh, The Wind Rises and Princess Kaguya. Oh, neat. And I, I, I bought that a year or so ago, actually, when we started this podcast um, on, on iTunes. And now I believe it is... It's on HBO Max. It is yep. on HBO Max, you know. Um, as long as well as another documentary. Uh, yep, Never Ending Man, Hayao Miyazaki. Okay. Yep. So yeah, uh, I, f- I figured you were on, <laughs> you're on it, weren't you? Uh, yes. Yep. I'm on Max right now. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, and and if if you want more behind the scenes stuff, actually, uh, Kingdom of Dreams of Madness was actually a really well done documentary, uh, and. You, you get just the chain smoking bitter old man that is Hayao Miyazaki, and I love him for it. Um, like he basically is the real life version of Maggie Smith's character from Downton Abbey, um, complete with as many quips as as he can, and just he has no filter left. It's great. Um, I want to be that old and angry at points. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it was really cool. And, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to that and yeah, I'm going to watch uh, kingdom of dreams, dreams and madness again uh, before we uh, go over wind rises uh, because we also get a, a little uh, bit of, uh, who's the who's the uh, the uh, Joe Zashi, um, uh, the the guy who did Neon Genesis? Oh, cool. Um, we we get we get him because he is the lead voice actor in Wind Rises. Oh, that's right. We did we did discuss that that he was brought yep. in for that. Oh, cool. Yep. So, so Wind Rises and Kaguya, which also the art style for Princess Kaguya is going to be really interesting to talk about because. Yeah, it's a little it's more hand drawn. So, yeah, it's so kind of out of left field, but I enjoy, I like it. Um, but, it's more, it's more Yamada's than. Uh, yes. The other style. So. But yeah, so Wind Rises next week. Uh, uh, anything to plug? Uh, you can follow all my stuff at Knocked Out Films. 
on all the social media stuff and knockdownentertainment.com. And you can follow all of my stuff at uh, Knocked Out Films. Um, I do post a lot of your stuff. <laughs> knockdownentertainment.com. Uh, I don't really have anything going on right now. Uh, I just got a tattoo. You can go on my Facebook, take a look. It looks great. It looks awesome, <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting another one in like six months. Nice. Uh, but yeah, be good to each other.